0: And welcome back to Fine Beats and Cheeses, the podcast where we ask Has Alicia Silverstone aged? As if I am Leslie Grace Streeter.
1: <laughs> and I always go a really
0: long <laughs> way for those intros. Um, Leslie Grace Streeter, columnist, the Baltimore <laughs> Banner, author, person who makes up dumb taglines. And my co host is. I'm Lynn Streeter Childress. I am her twin sister, and I make theater for young audiences. Yeah. Excellent. And who, who do That's we have? have today? Great. Who do we have today? We are so freaking excited that our guest is the founder of Thirst for Democracy, Woo! a multi-platform political project which harnesses the power of the thirst and her democracy base to encourage joyful civic engagement. She is also the creator of the rom-com Twitter novella, The Affairs, starring Stick Sticklandi. Senator Maibu, and the brother husbands, Please welcome Kwandi!
1: Yeah! Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me.
0: You're so welcome. I have been following you for a while now, and I've interviewed you a couple of times. Once for the Washington Post when I was uh, freelancing for them and then for the Baltimore Banner, and that one was much more relevant to what we're talking about today, which is your use of thirst, meaning my goodness, isn't that person hot, to attract people to want to vote. And it's very funny, it's very accessible, and it's surprisingly serious. Um, And I just Mm -hmm. wanted, before we get into the movie and what we're gonna talk about, tell me a little bit how those two concepts came together.
1: (laughs) All right, so thirst for democracy probably came from um, my, how do I say this politely? My deep appreciation for Senator John Ossoff and yes. all of his assets. All of <laughs> Whether them. Whether they be his, all of them, um, <laughs> his civic mindedness, um, his public service, his thighs, thighs <laughs> his face, <man>. his dimples. <laughs> all I'm of so that key. in one lovely package is <laughs> a great way to get people interested in democracy itself. So, not just voting, but also keeping up with what politicians are doing, um, how the government works, what different levels of the government do. Uh, so, it's I don't just have uh, Senator Maibu, who is John Ossoff. There are a number of bays at different levels of the government. <laughs> so, you understand yes. what the presidency <laughs> does, you understand what senators do, you understand what Congress people do, um, you understand what uh, EPA administrators do. Uh, we'll get yeah. back to him probably at some point in the yes. podcast. But EPA administrator Michael Regan, my God, is uh, incredibly good-looking. <laughs> he is, and knows uh, a lot about the environment.
0: When I interviewed Condi for um, the Baltimore Banner, it was about a Thanksgiving long weekend long uh, fundraising effort she did, mm. where she was posting third suites of hero, congressional medal winner, Harry, Officer Harry Dunn of the Capitol Police. Um, and so he started, he jumped in and started posting his own pictures and they raised, how much money did you raise for Sen- Senator Raphael Warnock's campaign?
1: So in total, I only started tracking it a, a couple of months before um, the end of the election. It was about thirty four, thirty five thousand dollars $35,000. And then that weekend, I think we raised... We raised like six thousand just off of uh, Harry Dunn, who I call Officer Teddy Bay, and who is a lovely yes. man, by the way. <laughs> um, just a just a really great guy, with a luscious lips, and uh, he jumped in and uh, he helped me raise like a ton of money,
0: which was really great. And it was, and he thought it was funny. And I mm-hmm. think that most people understand that it's it's in, it's good natured, and as you said, it also was a very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, We're trying to save democracy, and we're trying to get Mm. people to understand what that means. If you have to do it through hot men, Mm. so be it. Um, So tell me. Sure, and it was
1: trending for like a whole weekend. Officer Teddy Bay was trending, and uh, the hashtag I created for Raphael Warnock was uh, save Senator Bay. That was trending for two weeks, three weeks or something. Um, so it, it, it works. It, it works. It gets people excited. It gets people engaged. Um, I have little storylines sometimes, little sagas <laughs> that I write. Narratives. They become like little characters in people's heads, <laughs> and people get invested. And that's what it's all about, really. Yeah.
0: I get invested. It's in, and I don't live in Georgia. Um, it was. It was <laughs> such a, and I was like, oh my goodness. But because you're right. It's. I mean, this could be a much longer conversation, what I'm about to say, yeah. but we are at a time when people can't even be civil. It's like, I disagree, mm. I disagree, but it's like, no, but if you disagree about actual, like, anarchy, and there actually being, you know, a democracy, <laughs> then we need to talk, yeah. right? That's an issue. So, mm. It was so brilliant, I think, what you do in taking something that seems so innocuous, like, these guys are hot, but in using that as a as a springboard to encourage yeah. people to care mm-hmm. about government. Like, I don't know that I knew who or really paid attention to Anthony Blinken before you featured Ooh him my. on your, <laughs> yeah. like, oh my, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, he is a very nice looking
1: gentleman, yes. He is um, like, he's going to read your French really... poetry or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and there'd be a baguette.
0: You'd be eating so baguettes good. on a, a <laughs> baguette worked. with little jams that you get like from. Yeah. Um, see, I thought about this. You get from like wineries, like little <laughs> things of jam and little like little knives on a baguette. And there might be a yeah, beret. And a, a, and...
1: Exactly. Exactly. It'll be a Parisian apartment. You'll be sitting on the balcony. Maybe he'll be writing poetry exactly about you. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and
0: there'll be a little like bistro <laughs> table, God. and it's one, it's something exactly. that's overlooking the Eiffel Tower. Not that I've thought about Precisely. this, but yes. what's happening? Yes. What's happening? <laughs> okay, so, uh, and Lynn knows usually I'm the one who's on tangents. This is hilarious to me. So, um, Gandhi, what? <laughs> what are we talking about today what is our allegedly cheesy or not cheesy thing we're talking about today
1: okay today we're talking about clueless and uh coincidentally because we'd chosen this movie like a couple of weeks ago months ago whatever yep. and then super bowl runs comes around yes. and it is it part of a huge marketing campaign for Rakuten. um not plugging Rakuten, but I do use it, and it saves me a lot of there money. You go. There um, <laughs> you never use, but it. Uh, Clueless, Clueless uh, was featured in those ads, and it just uh, made my little elder millennial heart sore. It made me so happy,
0: and that's what I was talking about in the, the commercially. Obviously, I think it is your right to get any kind of work done that you've done. And she may have had a little work, but Alisa Silverstone looks amazing she she still wears she those does. fantastic um little suit the plaid suit very iconic. yeah all the same outfits um, all the same outfits and it was super fun and obviously that was about shopping hmm. and, a and lot amber, of- amber 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 looked adorable she, <laughs> amber,
1: did, she
0: did so if you haven't seen if you, i'm saying if you haven't seen clueless amber is the I, sort of not really the villain but they kind of get into each other's yeah she's kind business of business a lot girl,
1: and, uh, she wears yeah.
0: terrible hats in the in the movie but, as does dion but that's whole another <laughs> story is stacy dash but um we're not going to talk about stacy dash at all but um we will talk about this movie It came out in 1995 directed by amy Heckling, and it is a uh modernized uh take on emma by jane austen and the yes, premise is. of it mm-hmm. is uh, a young girl named Cher who is standing for emma is uh, Sarah Horowitz is a rich girl in Beverly Hills who likes to match make people. Um, She's kind of, she's very sweet. She has some crazy ideas about things, but she's basically a great person, but she's also kind of shallow (laughs) and she finds a path to the love of her life, which honestly I have issues with at this point, but um, we'll talk about that later, but she does it through finding that she can help other people because she likes them and not just because, she thinks that she can find something out of it. Um, how old were you when this movie mm-hmm. came out, Mondi?
1: I was probably like, I think I was uh, 11 oh, wow. or 12, but I didn't really come to the movie until like 1997. So when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so then what that's when you? I really got, what struck me about the movie? I guess I was just a little bit younger than Cher and for some reason, I felt that a blonde woman in Beverly Hills somehow was relatable to me, a small-town girl in South Africa in boarding school. I don't know. Oh, yes. um, but it was just a, a fun, escapist movie. I mean, the heartthrob in the movie is Paul Rudd. I mean, who yes. doesn't love him? So cute. Yeah, just... Uh, I call him Immortal Bay. He's uh Truly. He's dreamy. Truly,
0: I want to know the <laughs> skincare dreaming. regimen. I want to know the skincare regimen. So I, well, I was gonna ask your question, Lem, so you ask it because I'm I being mean, mean today. So go ahead, yes. What's your question? Well, no, 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 no. Well, that was, you should kind of answered it. Um, no, it's all no, it's all good. But well, Leslie, what well, I'll ask you, when did you first see Clueless? I or- first saw Clueless, it came out in 1995. So I was 24 living in york pennsylvania um and that's back when you know you were buying physical cds so and i was mm. soundtracks are great um soundtracks are great and there are um i fell in love with a band called the smoking popes who had a song on that soundtrack and the soundtrack odd song on the tommy boy soundtrack the one on that on the clueless was need you around and the song on the tommy boy soundtrack was my lucky day and both of those remain it's two of a... my favorite songs. So uh, all I'd mm. say is that I think I discovered the soundtrack first before I found the movie ah. or at the same time, or they were both equally important to me, but I was struck by, mm. even though I was much older than these characters, probably nine years older or so than these characters at that point, eight, nine years, I was struck by how clever it was. Amy Heckerling's script was so yeah. great. And I was, I'm a writer. So, at that point, I thought I might be going to film school at some point. So I was really attuned to that. Mm-hmm. I was struck by the fashion, which, as we have discussed, um, I think, together and separately, at least so much of that stuff has come back. So much of those yes. outfits yes. you could see right now, it's Absolutely. because y'all kids ain't invent nothing. Nothing. Little <laughs> children um, <laughs> stole it all. So um, so much uh, of it true. Is, is very familiar and very... Um, it was setting a template. That movie set a template for. Without that mm-hmm. movie, there's no Mean Girls. Without that movie, there's no 10 Things I yeah. Hate About You. I mean, it set mm-hmm. such a template for. Oh yeah. um, Teenagers who acted like teenagers but dressed like adults in many ways, who um, had a very specific sense of language and style, and it just it just was a really smart thing. Um, like I said, some of the choices I now almost 30 years later I look back and go eh. but um I really enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I think it mostly holds up. Yeah, I um yeah, I think I definitely. first saw it in I think I first saw it like in 1996 and I was a uh, long-term subbing and then teaching at a private school in uh the DC area and um, I was subbing in a class, and it was towards the end of the year, and like nobody cared. And like we actually watched this. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, that was probably a bad choice. You're like, it's literature, kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. this was based on a book. And so I I, so I was like 25 and um, but I think that's the time I first time I think I ever saw it. And I also, upon rewatching it in the last over the last few days, I realized that there's so much that I didn't remember because I think Mm. upon um, subsequent rewatching there were parts that I didn't see. I know that there's scenes that I've seen over and over and over like the party and the rolling with the homies and, Mm. um, some like the Christian stuff, but there is there and, and not Christian as in religion Christian, but there's a guy named Christian in the movie and people are watching this and going, oh, it's a Christian. No, it's not a Christian movie, but there's a dude named Christian no. in the movie. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think there was some things that I, things that have lived on in the uh, cultural whatever that, but things that I had forgotten yes. actually about the movie. So, Kwandi, what if you had to just define, just in general, what cheese meant in a pop cultural context? What would you define it as?
1: Oh, when something is cheesy, um, something that isn't uh, necessarily intellectually weighty at all, <laughs> something that's a little ah, okay. bit of a uh, of a guilty pleasure. Um, something that you might be slightly embarrassed to tell your friends or colleagues about that you're really into. Um, So not anything particularly serious, but it gives you a little bit of joy.
0: Absolutely, and so what about Clueless gave you joy? I mean, you talked about how you related to Cher Mm. and you related to this thing that was so foreign to the existence that you were living, but what made you happy about it?
1: What made me happy about Kules? I don't know. It's just a it's just a really fun movie. I think I also like you were saying I really enjoyed the dialogue. Um, yeah. I it's I actually hot. I studied uh, English literature and English in my last two years of high school, and I did a lot of drama and playwriting, and uh, I just I just really appreciated uh, the characters themselves, how they were written. Um, none of them were really dumbed down. Their emotions were like valid. <laughs> um, the adults around them treated them like they were people, and I think uh, as a teenager, mm. that was really like validating, if that makes sense. Um, so that's great. I, mean, I watched that movie probably. I've probably watched it over a hundred times. I have it on chest like, DVD, Blu-ray. <laughs> DVR like I mean, every odd. way that you can watch it I have it um I quote it almost all the time um if you look on my twitter feed like it's just like littered with uh clueless references because it uh it is kind of a,
0: a mm-hmm. um, so she had some very choice clueless gifts that she seemed to find immediately yesterday when we were promoting this that yeah. we were doing having this conversation <laughs> yeah it um, was really it-
1: easy because I it, yeah, I know the whole movie <laughs> off by heart. I actually print. I print it when I was in high school, so I don't know if kids now remember, but we had computer labs, and you had, like, a time slots that you yes. could go to the lab. Yes. And uh, uh, there was one printer, and everyone had to share it, <laughs> and you had to go to the guy and say, I want to, like, print this thing. Um, so sheepishly, I like, I want to print this thing acting like it was, you know, one page. It was the entire Clueless script. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever allowed in the computer lab ever again? They I like, think I was banned your-?
1: for a while.
0: <laughs> and that makes sense. It's like you have. But I, this is like, I your need quarter. to memorize this movie. <laughs> oh my yeah, my entire quota oh, for the year. <laughs> wonderful. Forever. It's but, like and, and- that- Cynthia still banned. Still banned. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Still. not though? <laughs> Uh-huh. But is it true, though, that the effort that we had to put into liking things back yes. in the day that you yeah. had to actually like buy a thing, you had to print out a thing, you had to like write down a thing, yeah. like in the eighth grade, Leslie made money writing down the song lyrics. Of people's favorite songs because she yeah. paid attention to them. Mm-hmm. I would write them down. I listened mm. to them in my, you know, in Lynn's room. Our jacked up ni- 1900s, um, nineteen hundreds nineteen uh stereo that we had inherited from our parents, and I would you know, do the thing. And we're a little older than you, so truly the mm. uh, engineering, which was like tape to boombox to Walkman, to radio and any sort of combination where where you're holding up the thing and you're trying to wait for your song to come on and the stupid DJ is talking over it. So you get like half of it and then you accidentally tape over the half of it. There are songs to this day, almost 40 years later that I can tell you what song appeared before and after it on a mixtape because I can, it's like, I can hear the intro (laughs) coming in or I I know what song, what what, um, line was cut off when I recorded something over it, it was quite terrible. Um, So once again, kids, y'all know nothing. This is nothing to the, nothing nothing, to the get off my long podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The grumpy grumpy old ladies. The grumpy old ladies. That's the way it was. And we liked it that way. Thank you, Dana Carvey. Um, So I was going to (laughs) say, you brought up something really important about the way that the teenagers and the And the adults interacted in clueless because I look at Mm. things like Mm -hmm. there's a direct line, I think between say that and like Riverdale, right. Except for, um, Riverdale is nuts. And the difference (laughs) is that like, not only do the, are those students played by people in their twenties, like in most teen movies, Mm -hmm. but they conduct themselves like adults, like on gossip girl where they were literally running corporations, when they were in high school, it's like, you know, and my grandfather left me this newspaper. It's like, you're 17, it, it, it made no sense. And then Clueless, even though, yes, yeah, Cher was, you know, drinking and smoking like a lot of kids do, but also she didn't have a license and she was, her father still called her and this was pre, she had a cell phone, most people mm. didn't. Her father called her to make sure that she was gonna get home by her curfew. I mean, these were still yeah. people who mm-hmm. operated as kids, even though they felt themselves to exactly. be sophisticated. They still, that's to me, even though I was older than I related to them because I thought if I were out at a party, my parents wouldn't know where I was. I got in Mm -hmm. trouble of when I was a senior, between my junior and senior year in high school and college rather, I was 21 years old and didn't call my dad because the guy that I was dating was drinking at a party and I didn't drive and he couldn't drive me home. And rather than call my dad and ask him to come get me, thus revealing that my friends were weird. I said, I just (laughs) didn't call him. And I remember Six mm. o'clock in the morning, having to step over the newspaper and knock on the door, looking for my keys and the door open. I'm like, I'm dead, dead. And I was 21 years old. So <laughs> I re- I could hear that conversation when I was watching Clueless yeah. yesterday. Um, and it just, it just was true, even though, yes, these kids were rich and yes, they had mm-hmm. access to a lot of things like cell phones in 1995 that most people did not. They were still kids and that was fun.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why i felt like I really related to them um like you're saying some other shows uh, i really loved dawson's creek yeah i yep. Yep. Yes. might say obsessed with it but the way that <laughs> some might say those kids operated was completely different from the way that uh the kids in clueless operated i mean the kids in dawson's creek literally spoke like they were uh reading a a thesis a doctoral thesis yes. or something or a dissertation of some kind do you know what i mean like the the yes. dialogue was very um sophisticated. Uh, not, life. <laughs> <It> <laughs> not, even not sophisticated. life even adults don't talk like that even adults no don't talk that's like true that. uh yeah it was uh, it was like a little weird uh especially watching it back um yes yeah the clueless kids were were kids but the adults Around them, respected them and communicated with them, which was great. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and all the characters were very detailed. Yes. Like they didn't yes. they weren't caricatures. They all made sense. Mm-hmm. And they said things and did things that were true to the characters as portrayed. Like mm-hmm. Amber. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm an actor and I'm a writer too. And I love side characters. And I love that at any moment you can look at a character in the background and see what they're doing. And they're not just waiting for their line to come. It's like what they're doing no. makes sense with what's happening with everything else. The same with Amber, the same with Jeremy Sisto, who has had the voice of a 45-year-old since he was, for 30
1: years. <laughs> like that he's was so weird. been a pack of cigarettes since he was six. Yes.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like when he spoke, I was like, <laughs> that's his adult. It's so weird. It's that like he had that same voice. voice. And I, I don't know how old Jerry's sister was in that movie. It's probably late late teens, early twenties, right? maybe. Leslie. Yes, and it's so funny. And I'm gonna look it up. He's on the. He's on Law and Order for a while. He was on uh, Suburgatory. Now he's on FBI. Um, because I guess and he was Olson, in the so movie like Waitress,
1: him. which is really good.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And oh, I, I yes. just, I enjoy mm. him, but it's startling because he, of all of the people, he's the one that's aged the most, not aging in a bad way. He just l- clearly had mm. a kid's face and a kid's body. But yeah, he mm. opened his mouth. It's like, ah, Detective Lupo, what's happening? Um, his <laughs> law and order voice was right there. Um, so weird. talk to me a little about, and Lynn mentioned before that there's really, Cher is the protagonist. But there really isn't a villain per se, although uh, Jeremy's sister's character Elton is close to it, if not that. Um, tell me a little mm. about how Cher was complex, because there's some things that she does that are great, and there's things that she does that are not great. Tell me about the complexity. kind of, her. of
1: like a, a, it's kind of like a typical teenager. Yeah. Right? Um, especially a teenage girl, we can be really sweet. Thoughtful, and then at the drop of a hat, completely thoughtless, uh, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, not think about other people's feelings. Sometimes be very considerate, like she is with her dad, but also be completely inconsiderate, like she sometimes is with the, her housekeeper or her friend. Oh my gosh! Um, so there's a there's a complexity about her that doesn't make her like oh share the sweet girl, you know or share the mean girl she's just a girl um that uh contains like all these different facets and i love but you to- kind of like her because but but she's mm-hmm.
0: I would say i had forgotten about the housekeeper um and i was like yeah. whoa i'd forgotten that character existed <laughs> like lynn was saying there's parts of things that you don't remember and i was like was this there was this always this slightly um or not so slightly offensive racial uh, latina stereotype in this movie i guess there was and maybe when they showed on t they used to show it on tbs all the time maybe they didn't make the tbs version because i feel that's, like i, used I to forgot watch-
1: about that though yeah ah. they were always repeating it yeah I'll sometimes catch it on tv that's right
0: Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's the first time I think I had sat down to watch that movie in 10 years. I know about 10 years ago I sat down to purposely watch it. And I had seen it like, you know, it would come on Saturdays, like it's on. you might as well watch it. But in terms of sitting down to intensely catch all of it and all the nuances, it was a while. And so, as we mentioned, there are some things like most movies made. 10 to 30 years ago or mm-hmm. 10, 20 or 30 years ago that are not necessarily, they do not hold up. That for one is one of them. There's a part in the beginning where, and Lynn and I winced, we, we saw the beginning of it together when she introduces Dion and her boyfriend Murray. And she says, she voiceovers, yeah. they've seen that Tina Turner, Ike Turner movie too many times. We both went,
1: no. Oh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no.
0: yeah. Whoa. But then again, just recently on Twitter, there was a whole controversy where there was a drag artist who recreated the scene where Tina runs out into um, into traffic to get away from Ike. And people laughed. They said, don't you understand that it happened? Don't you understand that one of the reasons that Tina Turner has a hard time dealing with that movie is because she knows that people are making fun and making light of... Mm. She escaped with her life literally narrowly. And so th- mm. that movie came out only one year after what I've got to do with it one or two oh. right? so it that mm. movie i'm sure at the time that line seemed super snappy and super relevant and super mm. current but it's mm. never funny to joke about a domestic domestic violence and yet and yet yeah. here we are and yet there we are well and also too there's a part at the very end when it's kind of like this is happening with this person this is happening with this person and when uh Cher says about Dion and Murray, that when no one is looking, they're actually nice to each other. And yeah. I, and that mm-hmm. really got me, now at 51, watching this is, why was it ever, and is it ever wonderful to pretend that, or to act like you don't like your partner? It was so... You know what I'm saying? It was very interesting. It's like that was their banter and that's what they did. Mm -hmm. But watching it Mm -hmm. now, I wanted to go back to them and going, you can do better. You all can do better. Find somebody (laughs) else who is nice to you. Um, It's it's very, again, interesting trying to watch it as just a person watching it, but also, you know, taking my now middle-aged mom
1: hat. Life experience. you know. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly, and looking at at some of the things, you know, one thing I had forgotten about, I think. So there's a part in the movie for those of you who haven't seen it, because we're kind of jumping around, where Sharon and her friends go to a party in the valley. In the valley, and <laughs> and exactly in the valley, and there's this guy played by Jerry Sisto who she's trying to set up with this other character who's played by the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful late Brittany mm-hmm. Murphy. And she, um, she, she's trying to set her up with this guy, but the guy, obviously everybody likes Cher, but Cher doesn't get it. And he actually kind of tries to, he tries to sort of force himself on her. He, yeah, he tries is. to kiss her and she's like, nope. So she gets yeah. out of the car and she gets held up at
1: gunpoint. And I had forgotten yeah. about That I was. Oh, you forgot that entire scene. But she ruined her Alaya. I couldn't forget that scene because of the (laughs) But it was one of the
0: few times where there was actual danger, except for Ty in the mall Mm. when those guys were gonna. There's a part when Ty's in the mall and right, and they throw her... this character is on the balcony of the mall, you know, flirting with these Mm. dudes, and she's sitting on the balcony. Like above the fountain or whatever. And these guys are literally going to throw her over. No, I think um, they're just pretending. I think they were just trying to scare the, her. It was a prank. they were pretending, they- but still it's. They're pretending. Right. To her, it wasn't a joke. No. To it her, wasn't. she was telling mm. them to stop. Mm-hmm. And um, again, pieces of like girls and agency and the agency that you have mm. when you decide that something is too much or too far or whatever. And that's really interesting that both of the scenes where there mm. was actual except for Dion on the freeway when she gets into the freeway, which is a hilarious scene. But um, when there's actual danger to somebody, it's a scene where there's a girl having to stand up for herself or not feeling autonomy over her body and chair takes autonomy and then winds up getting robbed. Yep. You know, even though, again, she's, she's physically fine and she gets picked up by... By Paul Rudd, and then it turns into this whole whole other. Aren't they so cute together? Kind of a situation. <laughs> Isn't she so much more right for him? And than by the way, horrible girl. I'm team college girlfriend, right? Because he comes to. <laughs> okay, so Paul Rudd plays her stepbrother, Josh, and he's not really kind of stepbrother. Kind of stepbrother because her, their parents were married, but were no longer married to each other. But no longer married to each other. His her father so married for, like three what, times like a year
1: or. Mm-hmm.
0: it's it's been a while but he right. still Something. he still refers yeah. to her father as dad his dad, father's name is mel he's mm-hmm. a high-powered attorney and he's very gruff but he loves josh and he loves share and he everyone loves everyone um maybe a little too much so josh is in college in la <laughs> um, near them and so when she gets robbed she calls him to come get her and he's in the car with his girlfriend who they paint as this annoying know-it-all Woman who quotes Shakespeare wrong. She attributes a Polonius line to Hamlet, and so Cher corrects her. Now, if you're that, because cool, she
1: remembers Mel Gibson accurately.
0: Yeah, exactly. that's right. I do remember Mel Gibson. So, um, which was hilarious. And now, once again, hashtag things we didn't know in 1995. Mel Gibson. Oof. But um, we we look no, back know, at right? it and and we go. Oh. Yes, we're supposed to see that this girl is a pretender and Cher is very smart, much smarter than you think, still by being herself. But if you're like a 19 year old woman and your boyfriend picks you up and he's got a weird vibe with his, is she his stepsister? What is she? What's going on? And then she corrects you. I'm like, you know what? Lose my number. Lose it. Pox on both your houses. Yes, I'm quoting more Shakespeare. Um,
1: It just.
0: I, there are things that, like like Len said, that you see. And the biggest thing I see is, let's talk about Sharon Josh. What did you, mm. at 13, 14, 15, think of that relationship? And what do you think of it now, Quandie?
1: There was a... So at at the time, right, I bought into the whole romance of it. And then probably when mm. I got to, like, college... Right, and I was like, wait a minute. I don't know, for some reason, because they mention it a lot, right? When you're 30, like, la, 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 la. And then when you're old, you're like, hold on, (laughs) rewind, back up. (laughs) So that's her step. And then, but the thing is, um, as you get even older, and you realize that that's a sub, that particular thing is, is the subject of a lot of like pornography. Right. That like familial stepbrother, stepsister. You know oh. what I mean? Then it just like and takes like, on another. It's and okay because we're not other, really like, r- We're related, not really you know? related.
0: You know, like so yeah. I'm not yeah,
1: your sister. So, <sighs> yeah, it's yeah. So like for a while I couldn't watch it. Oh. Um, yeah. And then also after I had a kid, also, like, for a while, it just was, like, very icky to me. (laughs) Um, And then when Stacey Dash went, like, full MAGA for (laughs) a period, um, before she wanted her black card back and then apologized, quote, unquote, And we were like, card, Um, where is the
0: card? Can we find (laughs) the card? Can't find it, sorry. (laughs) Where is it? Stacey Dash is the woman that plays uh, Dion, who is a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. Beautiful woman, for a while, Mm -hmm. became a Fox News celebrity pundit um, who is black, who like a lot of, and you can believe what you want, but when you use your, your racial identity, to make things complicated and dangerous for other people within your race. That's where I have a problem. Like I said, believe what you want, but don't use us, right? So that happened for a while. Mm. And Stacey Dash was like, after they fired her, was like, oh no, I Mm. have made a terrible mistake. And and many, I will not say black people because there are many of us who we can believe anything, but many black people, the ones who may or may not think that they hold the card of blackness were like, we don't have your (laughs) application, ma'am. Go to the back line, fill this out in triplicate, get to the back of the line and we'll see you in five years. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, so you you were saying that was a tangent uh, that uh, why don't you start reconsidering it right around the time that Stacey Dash um, lost her mind?
1: No, that's uh, that's when I I was then really, really kind of hands off with the movie yeah. mm. like for a while, the- for a while. Well, there's- um, And it's only there's- recently that I've started like rewatching it. And uh, like, I guess when I'm writing tweets, parts of the movie that really stood out to me and had like resonance when I was a kid in my teenage years, um, then like pop up, like pop culture references, like they mm-hmm. pop up a lot in my tweets. Right. Um, so then I started like kind of drifting back towards it and kind of just keeping the parts that i like (laughs) there you go and uh right separating my myself from the parts uh that uh, are problematic
0: problematic we know there's the Mm. there's the the step sibling thing and also the age difference difference. she's she's 16 Mm. and he's at least Mm. 18 there's some, mm. I, I literally went on the tangent this morning where I was looking, what's the age difference? And there's some people like, he's in law school. I'm like, no, he's not in law school. He, yeah. he, no. he wants to he, go to law school. He like, said something he about freshman psych
1: like, at some point. Yeah. Right.
0: So he's 18, but still 16 and 18 is slightly problematic. And I'm telling you, when they get to the end, when they kiss this morning, because I we watched it this morning something in me was like oh there's a part like at the wedding hash spoiler alert at the end there's a wedding at the end not them, not them but someone else gets married and he kisses her he's like eating her face and i was like this is gross and i remember (laughs) thinking at 24 okay this is sketchy but he's dreamy and now now that you know paul rudd you know is playing parents and stuff and you know scott lang has a daughter and stuff and i'm like this is weird and i don't like it um but there's a lot yeah, of Yeah, I saw
1: like a lot of tongue when I watched it today. I'd never <laughs> seen it. Ew! All yes! Tongue. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? That's a and lot also- of tongue, guys. Isn't supposed to be a movie kiss? <laughs> oh, it was
0: gross. Yeah, it was, that was, was like gross. Something is happening. Also- But you, but it is actually, though, how, how teenagers do kiss, though. because they some, It is true. It's true because they're so excited to have another person. It's kind of- ah! he like grabs her chin. That's like, give me your face thing. I'm like, ah, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there's, we are older than you. So I think a lot of our, our generation's, uh, misunderstanding of our romances goes back to John Hughes movies where you have, um, mm. John Bender sexually harassing Claire under the table. So sexually assaulting her under the table or you have, the character Jake Ryan in 16 Candles, that everybody thinks is the dreamiest thing in the world, literally giving his drunk girlfriend to another dude and saying, do whatever you want with her. Um, and mm-hmm. her going, I don't remember what happened, but I think I liked it. What is even happening? So Clueless, by comparison, is Disney. But but then again, crazy things happen <laughs> in Disney too. So um, maybe that's not a great thing. Snow White, coma victim, kissed involuntarily by a man who she's lied in the woods surrounded by, by dwarves and deer. Why, why? And so I keep coming back to the thing about clueless is as much as I loved the writing as a writer, you make choices. You have a choice uh, to decide what the relationships will be in movies. And in Emma, she was not related to Mm. the guy that she winds up with. You know, there was no familiar. I mean, a lot of these movies, people are this person's eighth cousin and whatever, this kind of thing, but so I know that that's something that happened, but nobody was calling anybody's parents dad, you know, it was not that kind of situation, so I'm like, I wonder about the choices, the choice to make him, maybe that's the only way to get him in the house, where they're there all the time together, or to have him No, it's not, though. (laughs) The answer is no. It's not. Amy, I try, I'm trying, Amy, to understand this. These the choices that were made, were there any other choices, not even just about the relationships and stuff, but for either of you? Were there any other choices that you look back now and go, I might have done that differently? Huh. There's thinking, thinking. Well, I will say one kind of thing think- again, yeah. there's one thing, and it's not a sort of a choice. So, I, Leslie and I grew up pretty sheltered as far as like, Parties and stuff goes with like drinking and drugs in high school. Like that stuff was happening, but we weren't at those parties really. Um, mm. And so I know weren't invited. In my wouldn't 20- have gone if if we'd been invited, right? And and my well, we went to a couple, but then we like stayed away. We were like, Ugh. Um, but in our twenties, I know watching this, it was slightly concerning. And then watching in my fifties, but I, what I'm deciding though is just because that wasn't my high school experience doesn't mean that it wasn't other people's high school experience. So it was a, it was a choice. It was very interesting, the whole Travis. So Travis is a character played by the lovely Breckenmeyer, who he's actually probably mm. watching. This is my favorite character in the whole movie. Um, <laughs> Cause he has growth. Is, he has he growth. Has growth. And, and at the end of the movie, it turns out that he's in some kind of like Narcotics Anonymous. He, they said he's in a program. Mm. Where there are steps and mm-hmm. share goes, or there are twelve of them, because he is giving people. Or there's a um, disaster in Pismo Beach, and yes. people are donating yes. things, and he donates his bong yes. Um, yes. because he doesn't it's, need it's it anymore. Wear. Yes, it's mm-hmm. kitchenware. Exactly. Where does it go? It goes in the kitchenware because that's where he used it. Um, exactly. But um, but yeah, it was it was just interesting again some of the details, but that again sort of struck me adult kids acting like adults but that stuff happened just in terms of like
1: it, uh, okay. Drinking, I, I, drinking, I went to private school so mm-hmm. my uh, experience was very different <laughs> um, and kind it kind of closely mirrored their experience I don't know if it's something mm, I imagine about private school, boarding school yep. but it wasn't unrealistic is all I'm saying even yeah. the age differences, 16, 18 yeah um hmm. i mean like in, in will, real life these things they do happen i, I mean i know and there's a, a difference of, uh, between congress people who were dating oh, their yeah. high school sweethearts while they were in college and the girl was still in high school so uh, yeah these are like young people like young people millennials um yeah well, and that's
0: the i'm not no, no, but, but that's
1: such a. yeah
0: And it's such a good point because there's a difference, and this is something I realized this morning, there's a difference between things being unadvisable (laughs) and then being unrealistic. Those are two different things. Yes, Mm -hmm. those are. Mm -hmm. I will say, going back to the Travis character- Inadvisable, sorry. Inadvisable, yeah. English, going back to the Travis character for a second. In the book, Emma, there is a character, there was this young woman that comes who I- Emma wants a project, so she there's this young, kind of clueless woman, ha clueless, and she decides that she needs to be. She it's not okay to like this kind of dorky, priggish guy that she likes, who's not not a good marriage match. She needs to be with this guy, Mr. Elton, and you know the clueless script borrows some of those names. But Travis is like yeah. a stoner. He's a skater. He's a very sweet guy. He's not a very great student. The, the best scene in the beginning where Wallace Shawn, the actor, the, the teacher. <laughs> is handing them their tests back and Travis <laughs> tries to jump out of first floor window because his, his testers, his grades are so terrible. Um, he's a sweetheart who is um, chivalrous. He likes Ty immediately. Ty is Brittany Murphy's character. Who and shows her. Becomes,
1: he isn't like hard yes. to get. Mm. And yes, he's
0: also, And he's just a oh. beautiful person. And the fact that also, a lot To me, a lot of this movie was about getting out of your own way. That Cher had this idea that I'm the it girl. Things are supposed to happen this way and no other way. And that when I'm helping, she always wants to make people over. I.e., you're not what I what I think you should be, so you should be somebody else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. trying to fix Ty up with Elton, completely not, not understanding that Elton likes her. It's because that's what she decides. Because Ty, she thinks, needs someone better than Travis. Where the person she was supposed to be mm. with... Is Travis because they're each other's speed, yeah. and the person that she's supposed to be with is her icky older stepbrother. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um, I, I think that a lot of the movie really is about saying, "What would my life be like if I stopped trying to think about the things that I think I should have or the people I think I should have?" Like she falls in love with this kid Christian, who is very clearly gay, um, very yeah. uh, stylish. It's the '90s, and he dresses like the '50s. He calls everybody cat and cats and kittens, and talks about going to clam bakes. <laughs> And her father says, um, nice, nice stems. Says, yeah, nice stems. Yeah. Nice. Nice stems. Um, and, and her father says, you know, do you think they need another member of the Rat Pack? Um, because he's got, Sammy um, Davis died. Cause Sammy Davis died. Yes. Loved the opening of the Rat Pack. Um, and he is, but once again, how realistic is it? He's this really young looking, good looking kid. Cause all I know, I have had crushes on guys who did not, either know or explain or understand or explain to me that they were gay. And I know that Lynn has had that and other people Mm. have had that. And how realistic was that? Mm -hmm. I really felt for him because he's a new kid who everyone knew about his life before he even showed up because he was with his mother half the time. He never even came to school until like half the year. He was with the mother Mm -hmm. part of the year. His dad half the year because of a divorce. He comes in with this persona that he now I see as an adult, he's probably concocted, to make himself more interesting because yeah. he doesn't really know in any way who he is that he, okay, I'll just be Frank Sinatra. And so, and that'll be the thing. And he's leading this girl on and he knows he is, but not until she tries to kiss him mm-hmm. and has society that he's going to be the one who takes a virginity, does he really get it? And he goes, we're friends, right? And he kisses her on the forehead. And so he leaves her feeling like she did something wrong. Like she was confused. And it takes Murray, the um, by Donald Faison, to tell her, did you not understand he was gay? Um, no, the great part mm. is they become friends, but there's still it's that thing that happens when you she allowed herself to be vulnerable mm. and she got hurt. And isn't that so much of what we are why we are the way we are in high school? Because often we are concocting personas that wrap us in bunting so that we don't have to hurt if we get hurt, or that we're there's a five foot layer between ourselves and who we really are. Um,
1: Mm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I always kept a lot of distance between myself and other people, and I used humor a lot um, as a shield to prevent myself from getting hurt or, like, really, really getting close to people. Um, Sometimes my humor was hurtful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it is... uh, A very teenage thing. And sometimes it does stem from, uh, like you said, share, allowing herself to be vulnerable with someone, share your feelings, and then getting rejected. Mm. Not liking that feeling and never wanting to feel it ever again. Never. No,
0: it's one of the things I like, though, like you said, that happens with Christian is almost immediately they're friends again. And there's no... She realized that the misunderstanding was hers. And they because you talked about him leading her on maybe but also i think he was just he just wanted a friend and he He wanted a friend but you also understand when you're flirting with somebody you understand when you're complimenting their their legs and you're dancing with them and and you don't he's a kid too right so it's not like Mm. he's got some ulterior motive right exactly It, it was just i i like though that it was decided on and realized that he was gay and then it was fine. And I love that. It was that, fine.
1: Yeah. That I love that
0: acceptance because, you know, this was midnight, early mid nineties. There, that wasn't, there wasn't a lot of that. No. That gay was still being played as a joke.
1: Yeah. A lot of the movies used very offensive language. I remember when uh, in the nineties, early two thousands, when the, they portrayed a gay character like a lot of really offensive language was used. If you watch those movies back, it's really disgusting. Um, it in some really ways, is. Clueless was groundbreaking. Yes, it had like this icky stepbrother stepsister storyline, but like we spoke about the, the assault scene in the car, she yeah. was like, "Hey, dude, yeah. this is not okay," right? Like you were saying earlier, '80s movies they might have been like, "Ah, oh, maybe oh, he's like," the and, and they, they school, don't try to redeem maybe. Elton.
0: You, you don't really
1: see. Not at all. They're life. like, no, dude, like you... you tried to do something really uncool to me. Like, uh, and I think she actually calls it a uh, sexual harassment or like assault or something, but she yes. used appropriate, she, uh, she, calls she used it. appropriate language for what he did to his face.
0: Yes. Um, and that she didn't, and that she doesn't get back in the car. I loved that. He yes. says, get, he says, get back in the car, share, get back in the car again with that creepy 45 year old man voice. <laughs> and he's a teenager. So what made it even sort of creepier. Um, yep. She, she says she doesn't get back in the car and then she gets mugged, yeah. but she doesn't get back in the car. And I love that. Um she knew enough to know that this was not right and that she was not going to mm. say that this was fine in any way by getting back in the car with him because she was unsafe and she felt unsafe. And I loved that um, you know, her taking on because that's the thing about Cher. You might say that she's ditzy, but like you said, she's really smart. And even if the way that she comes to this smartness is through a Mel Gibson movie, right? Because she saw mm-hmm. Hamlet with Mel Gibson. But isn't that why they made Hamlet with Mel Gibson? Because he was hot, and it was like, let's make a That's movie. That's why they made much about
1: nothing with Denzel. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Fine. Um, Talk about
0: so the thighs. There's there's, this, there's someone posted recently. <laughs> the thighs
1: and the from- leather. <laughs>
0: Where he yes! and Keanu Reeves and Robert Sean Leonard oh, and Kenneth Branagh are walking, mm, and they're wearing mm, those mm. white uh, coats with those little teeth, those tight, 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 tight leather pants, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What is happening? I will also something, something again about elton before we wrap up there's this something i did not remember is that once again when you're mm. young even when you're an adult you use context clues like this person did this so this person must like me the fact that ty yeah had a picture he took a picture of ty well, was a picture that share took of ty that elton asked if he could have mm. and he put it in his locker so the girls think well obviously that means he must like ty because the picture's of her in his locker and he's a moron Mm -hmm. he goes no it's because you took the picture it's like that doesn't make any sense you have a picture face. it doesn't make any sense but in his brain he's like you did something that i like so i'm showing you that i like it because i'm going to display it but he's not getting in the fact that they're like hey elton go talk go talk to ty hey elton show ty how to do this dance and it's like over his head, although it was, or it wasn't over his head and he didn't care. And also he was rude about it when she says, mm. and, and she's a good friend, even though that there was a part where they kind of break up as friends and get back together, where he says, he's insulted not only by the fact that she didn't understand he was into her, he was insulted Hi. that she thought he was into Ty. Like that's somehow weird. Yeah. because, like, well, and that's very much the Jane Austen. He's like, don't you know who my father is? Or my father does, that he- yeah. And he has
1: like an actual physical reaction. Yeah, the he physical did. reaction. Yeah. That it was gross. It was it was, it was
0: it was it was <laughs> exactly too, but it wasn't just about what she looked like, is that Ty was a person who was not from money and he mm. was from money and Ty, and Cher's parents were from money and it felt like they were a match, and this is the Jane Austen thing, it was a class thing as well. It was a uh, apples mm. to apples, oranges to oranges thing, and these people belong and these people don't. Um What do you think at the end of the day you take from Clueless other than it being a, a really funny movie? Like what can we take from it now?
1: I think, um, the piece that we've been talking about, the the theme that keeps coming, I think is that uh, these teenagers had a voice. Yeah, um, and they and they had agency. I felt, yes. Um, yes, which was a little different than a lot of other teen movies that I watched around that time. Um, they spoke their mind. Um, they made their feelings known. They made it known when they felt like their personal space or their body autonomy was being compromised. I mean, even yeah, and when we spoke about that Christian scene, um, mm-hmm. to kind of. Get along and like maybe not be outed or what. He could have kissed yes. her, but he was like, but no, he didn't. Like, and that he was he just a kid. He was like, he was, he like, was,
0: he was right. just a kid who was trying to figure himself out, too. And mm. I, I, I imagine I, mean, I was, I feel,
1: uh, yeah.
0: I would say I imagine mm-hmm. watching because I watched my kid. My kid has no idea who the Rat Pack is, so he goes, mm. <laughs> "Why is he wearing that?" Because mm. that movie was made in the '90s, where those references were already forty years old, right? Yep. And now it's 70 years. Can you imagine those references are 70 years old at this point? <laughs> so to younger kids, um, there's a thing that's happening right now where a lot of kids on TikTok are trying to like recapture older eras, but they are getting it completely wrong. Yeah. So they yeah. just, they see it and go, well, that must be from, they can't imagine that things are older than they are. So there was a thing a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that this woman, I guess there's an obsession with dressing like quote unquote old money. And this woman is wearing oh, I saw that. A, yeah. um, a tweed jacket and a Gucci belt. And people were like, mm. no, old money doesn't mean you're old and you have money. It's a thing that's old as money. It's that old <laughs> money, it's like, quote unquote, real old money would never wear Gucci. They'd never wear any sort of labels. And people were like, you can't make something mean something it does. It's like, you no, it's not the same thing. So I think there's something really beautiful about this movie and about the way that some of the things have come back. If you discover Cher in 2023, it doesn't mean that that's a 2023 fashion, right? It's a 1995 Mm -hmm. fashion. And then if you recognize Christian and go, well, that's a thing from 1995. No, that's a thing from 1957. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that this movie had such an ease with mixing some of these things. And there was a lot of new money that it was very clear that Cher's family was new money. And that, you know, her mother died in a tragic and Elton's family, that her mother died in a tragic liposuction accident. um, And that all of them, she and her friend were both named after uh, singers, were Cher and Dion, named Dion Warwick, And so there was a nod to like this sort of like, whereas Emma was very old money, very you know, gentry landed, landed gentry nobility. These people were rich, but also they were tacky enough to name their children after um, after fairly recent celebrities. So yeah. um, I think I what I co- like about it is <laughs> just what you said, that as you look back, and even though some of the problematic stuff, you can say mm-hmm. it was a good-natured movie. The people in the movie liked each other. even um, They mm-hmm. were even friends with Amber, really, kind of, you know, sort of. Because um, you don't always get, yeah. get along with your friends. Um, and there was rivalry, but it was good-natured. There wasn't a mean bone in this movie's body. And that's what I like about it. Because yeah. everything now, we look at Riverdale and all these things. It's so arch. And yeah. Gossip Girl. Even people who are
1: best friends. Why is there so like much like, why, why is there so much murder?
0: Why is there murder? Why is everyone getting
1: murdered? <laughs> like, what's going on, people? <laughs> no, I,
0: I think I watched, I think I binged the first, the first season of Riverdale <laughs> and a, and when it was played for fine that Archie has an affair with his teacher, teacher. and then it's yeah. like, well, what was wrong with it was that she was crazy. I'm like, well, no, what's wrong with it is that she's forty or thirty or whatever it was. This is what's wrong. Yeah. it was very strange, and I could not I could as an, as a grown adult, I was like, I get no enjoyment from watching these children. Who need therapy? And, uh, and once I'm again, therapy. And- right? And I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy. So, gang, everybody, go get get you some. Oh go get you some therapy. But why are we thinking this is great? And they're crazy and they're stabbing people and there are motor- out of like, there no- are motorcycle gangs and they're thwarting meryl <laughs> campaigns i'm like go to trigonometry my god i mean <laughs> get, pick a freaking prom dress veronica you know and just and that the scene the love scenes are very sensual in a gross way mm. to me because i used to make out with people when i was 17 and there wasn't anything sensual about it it was gross where does your tongue go what happens with your hands? What are we doing, people? What are we doing? So anyway, um, But that's just really... like
1: what you're saying, Lynn, yeah. The the yes. kiss at the end was kind of gross, but maybe it was very teenage, teenage-y. Um, and also during the movie, there wasn't much sexuality at no. all. It was kind of like alluded to, maybe spoken right. about, but everyone was kind of at that stage where they haven't really lost their virginity. And, yes. um, and she was, was a virgin. Was on some level, it was kind of drive. sweet. Um, was, exactly, you're a virgin.
0: You can't. Iconic it was. Like, um, <laughs> Ty says in the beginning that she's not a virgin and then
1: yes. Murray but she's like and, from New York or something. But, um, wow, exactly. Like, and Murray you know, and like,
0: Dion eventually- good. No, okay, Murray and Dion eventually do have sex. They go, she's not technically- She goes from been tackling to like, not at all. But it's one of those like 1950s things where the camera pans and you see nothing, right? Like you just see mm. Cher talking about it. And so it- Like I said, I think like we said earlier, I think it's one of those things where there are things happening that maybe teenagers shouldn't be doing, but it's not that it's unrealistic. It's just that Mm -hmm. like, except not on Riverdale where, you know, stabbing the mayoral campaigns and right. They had a cult where they were sacrificing babies. Which is where I... What? God, that's where I try... I think I watched... I was maybe in the second season where, like, Betty's sister, who that's had so a baby so that wild. no one knew about, was in this, like, crazy cult. And I was like... I remember out loud saying, you know what? And just turn it off and never watch it again. <laughs> and then Luke Perry died. I'm like, that was my sign to be like, there's no, there is... Now there's nothing. And Molly Ringwall left. I'm like... Those were the reasons I was. say, hang- those are the reasons I'm hanging on. No, don't think twice. It's <laughs> all right to quote Bob Dylan. So, Kwandi, do you believe mm-hmm. at the end that Clueless is cheesy? And if it is, do you care?
1: I think it is definitely cheesy. Uh, if you think about the outfits, the, the one-liners, especially the fun one-liners. Um, it is definitely very, very cheesy and I do not care. I enjoy it. It, It's good times. It is good times. Good times.
0: This is fabulous. So, Quandi, where can people find you if you would like to be found?
1: Oh, I would definitely like to be found. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am on, (laughs) I am on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Spotify. Are you guys on Spoutable? Yes. Oh, I am.
0: I forget about it because it's yeah. not an app yet. I'm still yet, so, kind of yeah.
1: feeling it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. So on Twitter, you can find me as Kondi which is Q-O-N-D-I-N-T-I-N-I. And also as Stick Kondi, who is my alter ego, um, yes. a literal stick figure. She <laughs> is the Hilarious. star of my Twitter novella rom-com. <laughs> And uh, then you can find me as Dick Grundy on TikTok and Instagram as well. So that's okay. where you can find me. And uh please keep thirsting for democracy. Yes.
0: Uh, well, I love you guys. Now this is, it's I laugh more in this hour than I have in a very collectively in a very long time. So thank you so much for that and for the thoughtfulness and for everything that you're doing. Um be involved in everything that she does. She's just—it's hilarious and it's worthwhile. You won't regret it. Um, I just—it makes a difference, and she you, and you make a difference. You make a difference. She makes Thank a difference. You. Thank you for being here, my love. Thank you, sister, for being here, Thank and you. all of you. Thank you, sister. Both-